morning, everybody. Welcome to the sixth episode of the Breakpoint Podcast. We've got my friend Hannah Keeling here from GGC. Hannah, thanks for joining us. Uh, thanks for having me. Excited to be here. I know I've gotten a couple different types of schools, but I think it would be very helpful uh, for you guys to understand where NAIA fits in the college uh, process, especially on the tennis side. So yeah, why don't we go ahead and get started? Let's start with uh, your tennis background where you came from, juniors, into college. I know you had a little bit of a unique story, so we'll start there. Yeah, I'm originally from England, and I think I've almost lost count now, but I've been in the States for, I would say, almost 13 years. I grew up playing tennis in England and did all the usual stuff, the national junior events, ITF, played on the French circuit for a while, and then I actually ended up having a little longer time out of college out of that break from high school, the typical rules to go into university, I ended up not being eligible for Division One. So then my options when I was looking for schools was I would have either had to sit a year at a, a Division One program or back in the day, I went to Clayton State and they were a top four Division Two program. So I thought instead of sitting... They're based just outside of Atlanta, great tennis city. So I'm going to get my degree started there and come and play on a scholarship in Atlanta. Yeah, that's awesome. I know eligibility is a huge thing, especially for international players coming over. Sometimes you lose it and you don't even know you've lost it. So talk through, obviously, rules change and everything, but where does eligibility, where's that eligibility criteria sit currently? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's true that you say that because a lot of people, myself included, those years ago had no idea about the rules or the requirements needed. CAA and NAI and all the different divisions, they all have different criterias for your eligibility depending on academics and tennis being that unique sport that it is. A lot of student athletes want to play tournaments after high school. They want to give it a go on tour. So some do generally have a longer break from high school, therefore not realizing that could affect their chance of playing Division One initially because they've had longer than the six months out that NCAA requires. Similar for myself, where I actually took just over, I had about a year break, um, which ended up me not being able to start initially D1. That's so important because you'll get some kids maybe who get through their grade school a little bit faster and the parents are like, well, let's take a gap year after yep. you graduate and let's train, let's develop, let's do all this stuff. Completely unbeknownst to them that they are actually shooting up eligibility requirements for certain divisions. But that's why you've got great schools like GGC that are there for people who may not have known about that information. I think it's very key information, but it doesn't mean college tennis isn't for you. There are amazing programs out there that fit different criteria for different people. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of my student athletes at Georgia Gwinnett have had very interesting academic paths. They're all from all over the world. So they're not that cookie cutter textbook path to get into college. So yeah. that's where the NAI tends to help a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Because that, like, like you said, definitely internationally, Europeans, there's that. I know in UK, there's the LTA. You can get stuff. Yep. You get there, you play, you're making money. It's, hey, should I make a run? Should I not? I feel like there's a little bit clearer of a path to like at least trying to go pro internationally than there is in the States because 
in the States, yeah. there's the circuits in the summer and kind of in the winter. I think here in December, there's a circuit that kind of runs through and challengers if you're getting into that. But it's not really talked about too much on the U.S. side. It's definitely more like, yeah. hey, go to college. And then if you want to have aspirations for pro, go pro. But yep. it seems like internationally, it's a little bit more, hey, try it out when you're 16, 17. If you do good in some futures, keep going. No one's path is the same going into college. And that's why it is great. There's so many different divisions to be able to feed the needs for every individual because tennis is such an individual sport and over here in, in the states it's an incredible system over here where everybody is working to get into division one but you've got to look at all divisions because that could actually fit your needs more if you do want to go and play for tennis a little more tournaments travel a little bit take a little more time to figure out what you want to do and not many people know about those options, for sure. Yeah, so that kind of gets into a little bit of where I want to go now. Obviously, hit on a little bit, got over to Clayton State. What was your path getting into coaching and out of school? Yeah, I knew that I didn't want to leave Atlanta. It's such a huge tennis city. Great spot, um, yeah. It's a great city. And I think it's one of the, the biggest cities for tennis in the country now. So yeah. it's definitely made itself known. But even when I was in college, I knew that I wanted to to get into the coaching side. I wasn't really sure what area. I knew I wanted it to be with high performance. So I started working as much as I could to try and figure it out, helping out with the team when I was done. And then I had an opportunity. I was working with the high performance at Windy Hill Athletic Club initially, right after Clayton State. And then I actually ended up going into the high performance with at Jeanette Prees Academy at Old Town Athletic Club in East Cobb. And I was there for three solid years. And then while in that time, knowing that I wanted to get into college tennis, and that's when I met Chase Hodges. And this was before any positions were available. I just went down to GGC to see what it was all about. They had a match, so I wanted to go and see what was going on. And then I'm glad that I actually went and did that one day because when the assistant position was open months later, there was an opportunity for me to apply for the assistant position, not knowing that I was um, going to get it because I didn't have any collegiate experience. And then, yeah, I was at GGC for four years as the men and women's assistant. Incredible experience learning and starting my college career there. And then I ended up going to Missouri State as my first head coach job for the women's team, Division One in the MVC out in Missouri, which was an amazing experience. And then after there was the Georgia State head coach position opened and I was like, got to go see if I can come back to Atlanta and then that led me back to Atlanta and was in the Sun Belt for a year at Georgia State, which was awesome. And then unexpectedly, the head coach position opened and here we are, full circle background. Year two, halfway through year two at GGC with the men and women. It's a good story, just like coming full circle, right? I think there's something to that first head coach is definitely like a mentor, right? Yeah. Um, you have some, you had obviously Chase Hodges, is well known. Yeah, uh, for everything that he built there, getting into a system like that is definitely a good learning experience, right? And having everybody there know you as well, coming for full circle back, go get some experience at coach, then come back. It just makes sense, right? But there's yeah. something learning that first 
head coach that you work under, I think you see a lot of the assistants who kind of progress and excel quickly are the yep. ones who do get under a good mentor as a head mm-hmm. coach and learn a lot while they're there, branch out. And then some of them actually do come back when that head coach leaves. Yeah, I couldn't have had a better person to have learned from. Chase is awesome. I still talk to him often. I had to go and get the Division One head coach experience in order to come back for this job, which was, I think it naturally fell in place the path without even realizing. I feel yeah. lucky to be able to have done at least both divisions right now and be back at GGC and just enjoy the experience of having a men and a women's team as well, which is a lot of fun. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of people don't really recognize how many coaches actually do run both men's and women's and mm-hmm. like they are they are vastly different in a lot yeah. of different ways but it is a unique experience to be able to coach both sides obviously you guys have killer <laughs> killer teams on both sides so it's a lot of fun winning yeah. national championships for 25 years in a row <laughs> you have a good team yeah they're, they're awesome it takes a village especially with two teams it's really important about how I have the coaching staff set up and everybody has to be on the same page and we've all got to really be one unit and make the experience enjoyable. And that's something that we try and do to continue that success at GGC. So that's for sure. Yeah, because there's one thing like Chase just repeating it year after year, but you coming in and continuing that. It's a lot of pressure, right? It's a, <laughs> right, there's right. a pressure like GGC yeah. has not lost a match and what, however long with that streak that went for however long that was, 100 and something matches. It was crazy. Yeah, it was 100, uh, 178, but who's counting, right? Yeah, who's counting, right? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that expectation coming in is, yeah, you get the head, head coach job, but really only, I, I hate to say only, you have everything to lose almost. You're the team to beat, right? And the entire in, in AIA, yeah. everybody shooting for you. Coming into that, what you're trying to bring, now you're the head coach. What's your strategy that you're bringing to the coaching staff and to the players on both the men and women's side? Yeah, I think one of the main things that I try and we have at GGC is knowing that it is a privilege to play there and to enjoy um, the experience more than anything because the chance to win a national championship each year is a privilege and it should be really enjoyable. And that's something that we use as motivation through both teams and you can definitely feel that throughout the season. I've got to make sure everybody's super motivated because if you get relaxed is when other teams can become dangerous and that's something that I want to make sure that we never relax and everybody is looking to get better with what they are looking to improve in and when they leave college they have no regrets and they leave knowing that they have improved and enjoyed the experience on and off the court as well. We say La Familia but it really is a huge family up there and we try and maintain that family dynamic and that way everybody is always pushing each other forwards to be the best that they can. So that's what we try and maintain at GGC. Yeah, you guys are doing a, a good job of maintaining that for the last yeah. couple of years. So that's really good. I was very close to to coming to GGC. Like yeah. it was very close because I was late in the game. I didn't really know what I was doing. I put all my eggs in one basket, didn't get it. And I was like, what do I do? And Chase was like, you've got a spot here. Yeah. So you look at it. And I would have had four national championships. I would have been mm-hmm. on a team 
with like crazy, that, that would have been such a good experience. And not to say that I regret not making the decision with tech because I had amazing experiences right. there and it set me up with great opportunities after school. But it just goes to show that there's not only one school that fits what you're yeah. looking for. I think something that we try to hone in on here and through building the recruiting app is get started early and get a, as many options on the table as you can, because there's just so many routes that you can go. It can be a little overwhelming, which again, why we made the app is to be very specific with what you should be looking at, but get options on the table, have conversations with coaches, right? Like figure out, because the there's those intangibles that you've got to figure out. It's the relationships with the coach. It's yep. the team. How's the dynamic there? It's not just, oh, can I go to the biggest school I possibly can? Mm -hmm. There are so many other factors that you need to play into that decision. Yeah, that is so true. Acad academics is, is a huge one too. Some, some people may want to go to one particular school they're focused on, but that doesn't actually have the path they want academically. And it's student as well as athlete as well. I think you have to have a good solid list for academics and for tennis too. Ask the coach questions. I feel like whenever I have recruiting calls, I really enjoy it when the student athlete asks me a lot of questions because I know that they're really invested in finding out about the program, about me, about the coaching staff and the day-to-day, -day, which is really encouraging because that's what you want a student athlete coming into the program to have. Yeah, that, that leads me right into the next question of when you're on those recruiting calls, but what do you look for in a recruit? Obviously, there's the UTR, there's the ratings of, hey, here's the lineup, here's just the reality of what a yep. national championship NAIA team looks like. But aside from that, what do you look for in both a guy and a girl to get a spot on your team? Yeah, it's, uh, just speaking from GGC, and as you said, I have to look to maintain everything each year we always look to continue our championships each year i do look a lot utr is a huge one result seeing that somebody is playing a lot of matches that is really key something that i look for on the men and the women's side because you can get a real gauge for that they enjoy competing and you can see the results right in front of you results don't lie and then always when you speak to them again i, I love when somebody has maybe done a little research on GGC. So it shows me that they're really interested in the program. They're asking questions about academics, the schedule, who we're playing. And then I can get a gauge of their personality and where they'll fit into the team culture as well. Now, some people can be really fresh and have no idea. And that's absolutely fine. But generally, you want to have somebody showing some interest if you talk to them. Yeah. It's similar to a job interview you go into. Yep. This is a, it's a job. You're going into a four-year internship <laughs> yep. going from 17, 18 to 21, 22, and you are an employer looking to hire somebody, right? I said it on every other episode, the 99.99999% of us who go into a business professional world, whether it be coaching, whether it be like me and tech sales, things like that, interviewing is key, right? And going into those interviews, knowing information, coming prepared, asking yep. those questions, right? Like being curious. I always try to come with a lot of questions, right? It's a conversation. You're having a conversation with another person. Just be yourself, be curious because the best thing that can happen is they offer you a spot. And the worst thing that can happen is they don't, right? There's nothing really to lose there. So come into it, curious, yep. come into it, asking the questions because you want to make sure, especially 
what I like to stress is people coming over from halfway across the world. It's a big decision, right? You're going to be mm-hmm. away from your family and potentially even longer if you decide to stay and work yep. and get a visa. But you're essentially uprooting yourself for four years. You better be asking a lot of questions. Yeah. And even if the coach does say, okay, it may not be a good fit. If you've done all of that, they could say, however, I may call this coach for you because you may be a good fit for this school. Yeah. So it's always good to to be prepared and you never know what doors may open. Yeah. Don't ever burn any bridges. That's sure. right. That's um, right. Even on the coaching side, right? Like it's, yeah. there's always options, always things open. Things change in the coaching world so much. It's crazy. Especially with that third coach rule that they brought in. What is that? There, you can have three coaches for one team now. So they opened the other full-time positions. That's crazy. Which I think is good. More support for a team, right? If you've got yep. one, maybe two people, even for yourself, you're running men's and women's. You've got 25 people that you've got yep. to manage in your yep. business. You need some help, right? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it takes a village. And um, I have Vicente Lagos, one of my former players, actually, and one of Chase's former players who is just stepping into the full-time position from January. So I'm super excited for him. He's been around the program and keeping it in the family. He knows what's up and is super invested. And I have Nathan Pasha as my part-time. I feel like we all have worked together to bring something great to the table. Yeah. And like I said, Chase built it, but you've continued to build a very strong environment, culture, team there. And I think that that's really important and players should Definitely evaluate that and definitely take that into consideration. I think there's just a lot of unknowns. My hope is that I can uncover some of these questions that are never really answered, or at least pull back the curtain of, oh, I would probably never even talk to an NAIA school because it's NAIA. It's like, here you go. You're listening to this and hearing it and seeing it. It's really not that different. Yeah. I have a new American girl coming in spring. It's not just internationals. I have Angel Carney. She's from Georgia. She's a top junior over here and she's decided to finish at GGC. She just liked the the setup of GGC and being able to play for a championship and everything close to home, which is pretty cool. And I know that Chase had Jordan Cox and it was Connor as well. So there's been some great American players that have come through GGC. I'm always down for to get a good American player at GGC. And yeah. even there was a guy, DK, he just transferred to Wake Forest. But he came to GGC for a year and then ended up transferring out because he had some eligibility issues. But now he plays at Wake Forest too. So there's so many different pathways that we can help with. Yeah. Yeah. Flexibility is key, especially when a lot of people don't know the rules. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> need to be flexible, yeah. which is what I like about NAIA. It's very flexible and it works for and with some people. So you don't go sit on a roster for a year because you screwed something up and forgot something. Yeah. Okay. You just burned an entire year. This is not fun. You want to play. You want to play and you want to study and have that experience. And I think that's all divisions can help, but I feel like with the NAI, it can give a little more flexibility sometimes. The path is not always straight, but you're going to get to the goal in the end. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. This is a really good conversation. I think it will give, hopefully, the people who are listening may not have even ever heard of NAIA or they don't really know what it's about. Yep. And hopefully this gave 
people some good context, some good understanding of, hey, maybe I should look into this or specifically maybe even GGC, right? Let's get some recruits pumping through the podcast. But, right, that's right. Uh, what would be a word of advice that you would give to a, a guy or a girl, maybe internationally or here in the States that's going through that recruiting process, don't really know where to start, maybe feel like they're starting super late. What would be a word of advice that you'd give them? Be patient um, because you're definitely going to find the school that fits your needs and look at all options. I know a lot of people may be fixed on one school, but there's so many amazing colleges, universities out there. And uh, so have a lot of options and get out and play as much as you can as well, because you never know who is watching or, or following you. That's a good word. That's good advice. That'll definitely be helpful. And I can definitely test that as well. All right. Cool. Hannah, thank you for joining again. This was a lot thank of fun. So this much. is good insight. And as always, people like subscribe so we can keep bringing coaches like Hannah on. And we will talk to you guys next week. Have a good See one. Ya. Thanks, Elijah. Yeah.